Good morning. Welcome to the Barn Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town on your emails. You can call in at any point um, during this hour. Oh, and welcome. Good morning to everybody here. I appreciate you guys showing up. I'm always wondering, will one person show up today? <laughs> but thank you for showing up. I, um, I have some good, good questions for you today. But I know you guys have questions for me first. And um, I'm thinking all week, I got to show up tomorrow because I know they have some spiritual questions about life for me. They're not the kind of congregation that comes and just let the preacher preach to them and, uh, and go home after saying amen for an hour. So I can't wait to hear from you first. And then I have some things that I've been considering uh, this week. Yes, sir. What's more important, Jesus' life or Jesus' death? That's a very good question. Very good question. I'm going to let a holy person answer it first, and then I answer it. <laughs> James wanted to reply. I, I would guess that his life is more important. His life more important? Yeah. And why do you say his life is more important? Well, the Bible wrote more about his life than his death. Okay. That's a good point, James. Yeah. I'm surprised you came over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. I would have thought of it that way. It would have had to take an intellectual to think of it that way. <laughs> Very good point. Interesting point, though. Uh, what, what, do you, what, what would you say about that? Yes, ma'am. Don't be digging in your purse. I would say it's death. It's death. And why would you say it's death? Because the purpose for his death was I'm was for salvation, and so his death and resurrection. But oh, okay. His death because he, he bore our sins with his death. Oh, very interesting. Another point. See, I told you, this is why I was looking forward to getting here today. Robert, what would you say? I'd say both. Both? Mm -hmm. Why both? Well, it was important for him to be on the plane. Well, he wanted to know which one was most important. And are you saying they were both the same? Well, the people that were in this time zone, for him to be come at that time, you know, they didn't think about him being dying. Right. So I think the life for him existing for the three years that he was was very important. You got to put, take your hand away from your mouth and speak up because the mic's up to you. So, and so you think they're equal, equal to the yeah. same. The same. Oh, okay. All right. I, uh, if I had, if you twist my arm and make me say which one is most, I think death. And, then, and the reason for that because when he died, he bought us back from the devil. You know, he, um, because Satan had total ownership of, of us for the most part and, and uh, because of sin. And so when he died, he sacrificed, meaning that the devil took him in and the devil didn't deserve to have him because he had not sinned. But it was a way of him buying us back. And, it, and so I think the death and the resurrection yeah. was the most important. I, I, the living example was good, too, because he was, you know, he showed us that if you love what's right, you do what's right, and you have faith in God, then there's nothing on earth that can stop you, and this is how you do it, you know. So it was real important, but, but the death, because had not he died for us, we wouldn't be able to do what he did while living. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. Are you a living example? A uh, living example of him? Uh-huh. Not directly. <laughs> or indirectly? Not completely. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, the one thing, and I'll get into it a little more later, and write it on, pick it back on what he said. What I've come to realize, being a living example of him is the, most, is the easiest thing to do in life. Did you guys know that? Yeah, it is. It, you guys are missing it. If you are not, and I understand, I do understand, so don't look crazy at me. It is so easy to live the life of Christ. He's so made it so easy. And there's not but one thing 
that's holding people back. And in a minute, I'll tell you what that is. Not but one little simple thing that's holding you back. Isn't that amazing? And I'm a witness to this. I'm not making this stuff up. Had not it happened to me, I wouldn't know that it can exist. I was thinking, coming home last night from New York, that, wow, life is great. But it's nothing like what, you know, last Sunday or the Sunday before I read in the Bible that, I read to you guys that God, he said that his mind is not our mind, his thoughts are not our thoughts. They're as far away as the eastern from the west and the north from the south. It's nothing like what I thought life could be or was or is. Nothing like, I can't even imagine what I, the way life is. You really have to see it. You have to live it. Everything you think it is, is wrong. You can't even think what it is and be right about it. Isn't that amazing? That is so amazing to me. I, uh, yes, sir. Do you realize that every once in a while during your preaching, you say just completely astounding things? Like what? Like it's easy to be the example of Christ? Yes. You must be one of only, I don't know, maybe it, Maybe you are the only one, or a handful, less than a handful of men I've ever heard say, you know, Christian men, preachers say that living the, the life of Christ, living his example is easy. It really is. And when I hear preachers say that, oh, it's rough, it's hard, it's difficult, it just tells me right away they have a really, they don't know him. Because even in the Bible, he says that his way is easy, his burden is light. Isn't that in the Bible? It is. And he tells you not to worry about anything. I'll take care of you. Here's what I want you to think about. That's all he really asks of us, that we think on these things, and while we're doing that, life is working out. Isn't that amazing? So when someone says, oh, it is so hard as a Christian, they are not a Christian. Well, maybe in namesake only, because they are making God, or they're turning Christ into a liar. Christ said it's easy, but the preacher says that it's hard. There's something wrong with that, don't you think? Yeah. That's why I want you guys not to fall for the lie. Once you fall for a lie, you're locked in. You're absolutely locked in the moment you fall for a lie. Yes, sir. You know, Paul himself actually reinforces your argument. I mean, when he was beaten and thrown in prison, they were singing, they were singing hymns and psalms and having a good time. Yeah. In prison. And those weren't nice prisons. <laughs> Not like today when we build them in California, but yeah. they didn't have color TVs and weight rooms. Right, and basketball, <laughs> basketball and tournaments, and all that kind of stuff. You're yeah. right about. It. I'm telling you, people, and the thing about it, it is right at hand. It's not like it's not far off in a distant land somewhere. It's right at hand. It's right here, right now, right here, right now. This life I'm talking about. Yes, ma'am. What are a few things we're supposed to think about? Think on. Um, that's a good question. Have you ever asked your husband that? I mean, I heard it before, but I just remember. You didn't remember? But that tells me you have not been thinking on them. <laughs> <laughs> what are the things we're supposed to be thinking on? I wonder if I ask your husband, let's say you say, honey, I woke up this morning thinking, you know what, let me tell you this, after I did Sean's show the other night, I had a dream that someone had thrown a dead dog in my front yard. <laughs> I did. I looked out the window, <laughs> and it was so real. My car was sitting in the driveway, and I saw a dead German shepherd laying on his back. He'd been shot in the chest. In my, de- in my front yard. Don't do that. Oh. No dead dogs on my yard, all right? Well, uh, if, I, if you say to your, your, your husband, honey, what are the things that God wants us to think on? What do you think he would say? Because a wife should be able to go to her husband for this. What do you think he would say? Go find out. I don't know. <laughs> you think he would? Oh, that's good. That's a good report. And what would you say if she asked you that one morning? I, I believe the things of, of God, the things that are important, like um, how we deal with life, the pride, <coughs> the pride that comes up in us when people challenge us. Yeah. Those that is like right on the point of life because when your challenge and your pride comes up, that's everything. And when your pride starts to dissipate, 
your life begins to open up. Yeah. That's what really changes life. That's what's changing life for me. I, every time I have an incident where I have to have a, that's what's so great about external incidents in the world because they bring out what's inside of you. Every time I have an incident like that where my pride comes up and it, and it takes a, a hit, my pride dies a little, I, I feel more alive. Yeah. You know, so I think those are the things that are really key about life. He wants you to think on things that are good, that are righteous, that are holy, um, and that is part of it. Loving your neighbor as yourself, uh, being aware of the, the not you that's made a home within you so you can overcome it, um, being fair and honest and straight up with people, you know, but getting to know yourself. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his right way and it'll all be at it. If, you can, if that can be the focus, I'm telling you, life will change just like that. But for some reason, oh, I know what it is. Most people have not suffered enough. They have not had, and some people are real stubborn. You know, they have to really, really suffer before their focus can become that. And I just think most people have not suffered enough. They have not had enough ego pain yet in order to focus on things that are righteous. I think that's what it is. You have to realize that nature of the devil that's made a home in you is a stubborn nature. Have you noticed that? It wants things its way, and that's it. And if you fight against that, you're going to lose. You're going to end up giving into it. And so I think that's what it is. A lot of people just have not suffered enough. You, you, by just watching it and taking the pain of it. That's all you do. You cannot put yourself into it at all. You just have to feel the pain of it, of that, that's trying to make you do what you shouldn't be doing or hate your enemy or, you know, whatever it is. If you don't fight against it at all, then God, the light within will overtake it and you could be free. But 99.999.9% of people fight against it. A lot of you right here, right now, saying, yeah, that's right, that's right. And somebody can say one, one bad thing to you, and you forget what we just said. And you cuss them out, just like that. I was talking to a couple. It was so interesting on the phone. And the woman was like, oh, I really am an angry person. I don't want to be that way. And I said, well, next time you and your boyfriend, because they're not married, they live in Get mad, I mean, get, have an argument, don't argue with him. Okay, I won't. And he walks in and he said one word and she went off. <laughs> I, I said, I just told you, don't argue. But she went off and I couldn't, she wouldn't stop. It's like they forget right away, I need to take this pain. Isn't that amazing? Because the heart is not set on righteousness, it's not set there, it's not locked in. With me growing up, uh, I, I was suffering and I knew I was suffering and I knew something was wrong with it. I just have kind of always known. I don't know, I mean, maybe for this reason, but I've always known that I couldn't change my life and I wanted to get better. You know, I read in the Bible that it should be better, but I didn't know how to change it. And there was no one around to tell me, hey, don't try to change it. Just watch it. You pray and let God do the rest. But just watch it and it'll change by itself. But it makes you want to go off on people so it can get life from that. Every time, every time you overreact to life challenges or situation, you're giving power to the devil that's made a home inside of you. Every little time you overreact to anything. Isn't that amazing? <coughs> My problem is like if somebody accused me and I know I didn't do it, I can't help but like try to defend myself. You can't help but do what? Try to defend myself. Right. Don't defend yourself. You can say, you know what, that's wrong, I didn't do it. But just don't hate them for saying these things about you. And you have to endure those things because Christ went through them too. And he endured everything that we have to go through. And he was an example of how to deal with it. Don't get mad about someone falsely accusing you. And that doesn't mean you don't speak up for yourself and try to show, well, I didn't do it. Why do you accuse me? But don't hate them. That's where the, the problem is. If you can learn not to hate, then you can deal with anything. Because as long as you walk this earth, somebody's going to falsely accuse you. It's just the way it is because of a spiritual battle between good and evil. 
But because Christ died and brought things back, put things in order for us, we can handle that. Especially if you don't have an ego. And that ego is not your ego. It's the devil that's made a home inside of you. That make, that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So when that happens, you find yourself getting angry about it. It's all ego. You know, you don't want people to see it in a negative way. You want to think of yourself as wonderful. And now this person out there making you look bad. It's all ego. It, it, does that make sense? It's not like I want to look all wonderful. I just don't want to think I'm a liar or whatever. <laughs> but the reason you don't want them to think you're a liar because you want to look wonderful. Mm-hmm. Because if not, you wouldn't get mad about it. You know what I mean? People say some of the worst things that you could possibly say to me and about me and write about it, but I feel nothing about it. It's funny to me. Now, when I had the pride thing going on, I would have been hurt, you know, just really angry about it. But I know it's wrong. And somebody asked me, hey, that's not true. But I know that they can't help themselves. They're of their father, the devil. It's not personal. And that's what's going to happen to you, too. So the moment you get mad about it, it is ego. And it is wanting to look good. That's, what, that's why you're getting angry. I bet you if someone says something nice about you and it wasn't true, you would get mad about that, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's not necessarily, I, I was just thinking, I don't think I'd get mad about it, but i just try to like, tell them like, no, it's not that way. Just and so if they said something nice, would you say, no, I'm not nice? Uh, if, I, if they said I did something nice and I didn't oh, do it, I'd say I didn't do it. You may do that, though. I know you well enough to know that that's true. But when you get mad, it's all ego. It really is. Otherwise, you would treat the nice things and the negative thing in the same manner. Let them roll off your back. It's the same way. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, you would let it roll off your back. But you're right. You're the kind of woman that if someone says something nice, you're like, no, I'm not that nice, but understand I know you well enough to know that. But it's all ego when you feel this stuff on the inside. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So the next time your husband rolls his eyes, <laughs> no more candy yams for him. <laughs> um, uh, I saw another hand somewhere. Yes, sir. Oh, I was just going to make a comment. Why we react? Why we all say, oh, I, you know, it just takes that and I'm set, I set myself, I'm angry or whatever. It's because um, <clears throat> we're still in that another state of mind. That, uh, when you say we, are you referring to yourself? Well, I don't do it that much anymore, but I, I can say it because of experience. Right. But, but uh, do you still do it? Very rarely, hardly. Do you still do it, though? <laughs> I would Here, say. Here's where I get in trouble. Do you still do it? No. You don't do it at all? Uh-uh. You say it very rarely, man. Well, let me say, when, when you do the prayer exercise <clears throat> long enough, and you do it correctly, when you come out like you're in a different state of mind. And then you, uh, your problems seem further away from you. They're not right there. They're not right on you. It bothers you less if, you, if you're still, if you're still long enough. But do you, do you sometimes overreact to challenges or situations? Well, I will say this, Jesse, to be quite frank with you. I could see it barely coming up, and then I catch it right away. And it doesn't get in me. It doesn't get under my skin. I can see how someone trying to not crack, crack me, you know? Yeah. They keep saying things, offend me. Then I just see it, and then it doesn't penetrate. So it's out here, right. you see. So no, I just had okay. an incident last night, and it didn't happen. Someone tried to get me. And it didn't. Good, man. Yeah. yeah. You had your hand. It's been answered. It's been answered? What was your question? You remember what it was answered? What is the one thing? There's one thing, I want you to think about this, and then I'll take this hand. There's one thing, one thing that can prevent you from ever, 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 ever overreacting to life challenges. There's one thing only. There's only one thing. And let me take this hand, and then uh, while you guys go through your mind trying to figure that one out, because I see busy minds right now, I can feel the energy moving across and thinking about this, and I'm coming to you first on this or so. Put some stress on you right now. Uh, yes, sir. You know, I realize when I get angry, I'm, I'm being a, a hypocrite because I'm not allowing the other person to be egotistical when I'm being egotistical. 
That's a good no, point. I, I All angry people be, are hypocrites. I don't want them to be into into themselves when I'm all into myself. Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. Did you know that all angry people are hypocrites? No. You didn't know that? Does it make sense that they're all angry people are hypocrites? No, not really. It doesn't make sense. I can't hear you. All angry people are hypocrites. You talk to the Lord, can't hear you. No, because I'm thinking. Oh, you're thinking out loud. Hypocrites. Yeah, all angry people are hypocrites. Ooh, we having church today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you can call in at 800-411-BOND, 800-411-BOND, or email church at bondinfo.org. And somebody answer the phone. <laughs> and the emails. <laughs> oh, oh, angry people hate for this. Yeah. You can take your time. We only have. <laughs> I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking me? I, I asked the question. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Okay, we'll get to you in a minute. So are you saying no or yes? You say you didn't know that all angry people are hypocrites? Yeah. Are you an angry person? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry? Uh, are you a hypocrite? No. You're not a hypocrite. <laughs> wow. First angry person I met that's not a hypocrite. And you say you disagree with that. I disagree. Why? Uh, the way I understand a, hypocr a hypocrite is a person that says you says or preaches you should act a certain way or be a certain way yet they don't do it themselves oh that's a hypocrite and that everybody way? agree with that right I heard that. yeah everybody I heard that you said that before yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that's how i understand it oh right on and everybody agree with that right yeah, yeah you agree favor yeah i can't hear you yes sir okay do you do you agree that all angry people are hypocrites yeah i don't know I don't know. That's a safe zone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. Boy, what do you think about it? Oh, I'm sorry. See, I didn't get to finish, though. See, but some people... I didn't get to finish. Some people aren't... aren't some people aren't pretending or even wanting to be right. They're just wicked. They're... They, they're angry, they like being angry, and they, you understand what I'm saying? They're not pretending, they're not hypocrites in that they don't, they don't, they don't preach or say you should be this way. They just, they're just no damn good and they don't care. They're not, they're not. Isn't that they're amazing? Honest. This is an amazing story to me. No, they're honest about their wickedness. They're not hypocrites, if right. you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. I, so I don't agree that all angry people are hypocrites. So an honest hypocrite is not a hypocrite. <laughs> Uh, if you understand what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I do understand the point you're trying to make. That an honest hypocrite is not a hypocrite. No, they're not. It's not that if someone that's not advocating being good or, or that you should be good is just wicked, they're, they're not a hypocrite. They're just wicked. Amazing. I like that, though. Thank you for that. And a lot of people agree, even in this room. A lot of people agree well, with that, right? Tell me where you think I'm wrong. I'm sorry? If I'm wrong, tell me what you think I'm wrong. Do I, am I acting like I think that you're wrong? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Let me ask this holy woman right here. She's like, I, yeah, that's true. I was thinking well, the I same thing. Before, you know, what he's saying, I heard before, but what Martin said makes a lot of sense. So uh, I agree on that. Let me ask you this. Are you a Christian? I want to be. Uh-oh. I really want to be. <laughs> I'm working on it every day. <laughs> but are you now, though? No. You're not a Christian? No. Really? I'm surprised to hear that from you, Isaac. But I'm, hey. But I appreciate you being honest with yourself. And so, do you agree or disagree that all angry people are hypocrites? Well, I never heard it before, but it makes sense what he said. And I always say, uh, the truth, I can see the truth. I can see the truth, so I saw the truth in what you were saying. Oh, okay. So All right, so you don't agree with what that young man said then? Well, I kind of. You agree with him too? Both well, sides, because that's So you're riding two wait, horses wait, wait, up wait, in no, here? No, no. That's the way I learned. I grew up on what he said. Oh, okay. But, that makes okay. sense what you just said. Okay. 
Yeah, that, that totally made sense. Okay, thank you. Leave, leave me alone, I kept going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. But uh, doesn't it require a bit of judgment either way? You know, if you're judging, then you, somebody else. Like, in other words, if I say uh, something mean and the other person gets angry, I'm being hip, hypocritical, and they are judge, the judger is hypocritical too. Yes, ma'am. So it's that's why I say that all angry people are hypocrites, oh, wow. because when you judge your fellow man, it's because you're guilty too. And angry people live off judgment; they're playing God. Whenever you get mad at your fellow man, whenever you judge your fellow man, it's like what he said. You can't, you shouldn't be mad at what somebody else is doing or not doing or how they act or don't act, what they say and what they don't say. You don't have a right to do that. You're a sinner too. That's why you're getting angry. So all angry people are hypocrites because they judge their, why do you, you think God said don't judge? Take the stone out of your own eye before you judge somebody else. And it doesn't matter the degree that it is. Even if you are uh, a hypocrite who knows that you're a hypocrite, that doesn't make you right. You're still an angry, judgmental, going to hell, living hell hypocrite. And I, don't, and I know that definition came from the dictionary about, well, you know, well, at least I know I'm a hypocrite. That doesn't make you any better than the one you're judging. That's not going to give you freedom. That's not going to send you to heaven just because you know you're an angry hypocrite. Does that make sense? We, God doesn't want us to think about things in a way that the world has defined things. We have to see things as a spiritual term because we are a spirit. And life is about spirituality, a warfare between good and evil. You said no, you don't even agree with that? No. And why not? Because I still feel the same way he explained well, it. Right. And so you think that it's fair to get mad at your, to judge your fellow man to a point of anger? I don't think it's fair. Is it right? No, it's not right. Um, and why isn't it right? I can't really explain. Speak up a little loud. I can't really explain why it's not right. I Would just that, know it's not right. It's impossible that it's not right because the reason you're judging them is because your life is not in order to? No, because if I when I'm judging somebody, I don't even no, I can turn another way. <laughs> 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 I can see you asking me something else. You can see I'm what? not even thinking about that. I'm just You're not thinking I'm, about what? That you yeah, my life is not in order. What well, right, because judgmental right. people are not gonna <laughs> think judgmental folks are not gonna think about their life. They're focused on someone else's life. But That's no, the whole have, point of being angry and judging. But I have judged somebody yeah. for the same thing I did and I, I have turned around so I do that too. Uh, yeah. you know, I just I admitted it to somebody that, um actually last night. Yeah. I was talking talking to someone. But I always seen a hypocrite as someone who says one thing and does another. No, I mean, that is a form of, of a hypocrite in a worldly way and stuff That's like that. Really but the real hypocrite is. is the one that judged their fellow man. Not, you know what I'm saying? Because you have no right to judge anyone. You're not God. And the only reason you're judging because you think that you are. It tend to put yourself in a better light than the person that you're judging. You, you know, you feel okay about your stuff because this person is a little worse than you. You know what I'm saying? You're playing God. You're totally playing God. Keeping yourself in a false light. You know, Otherwise, why would you judge somebody else? Why would you be mad at someone else for what they do or don't do? Uh-huh. No, may, maybe sometimes I'm judging somebody because it, it, it's affecting me or it's towards me. And then it's somebody it. pointing a finger at me, and I'm like, you know, who the hell are you? Right. You know, tell me no, anything when you're not right. 
But if you were a, a if you were right, if you were a righteous person, you wouldn't feel that pain of them pointing toward you. The only way you're feeling that anger and pain because you are wrong and you resent them pointing it out. No, that's no, that's not necessary. But why do you get mad? I, if they're not I, telling the truth about you, why do you get mad? No, because sometimes it's not true. But then why do you get mad about that? If it's not yeah. true, you shouldn't even bother about that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not true. I feel like the same way Stephanie felt. You know, for, it was a situation that happened too, not too long ago. For somebody to point the finger at you when, like saying you did something. Oh, well, here's my really question did. then. So you don't like when the finger pointed at you, right? Not when it's not when it's wrong. So then why do you point the finger at your fellow man? Because it's right. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> that is suggestion. Yes, no, no. Hypocrisy in it too. Yes. We feel that we're better yeah. because this person does this or you think is a little less than you. Yeah. And you point the finger back at him. Maybe it's not exactly saying like this guy did this, but your anger makes you feel better than him or her, and you point the finger back down at them. But That's I really don't. I, I really don't be feeling that at the time, like I'm better than them. But you just, what it is, though, you don't recognize that that's what you're feeling. Because you have to think you're better in order to be mad at them for being less or worse or whatever they are. You feel like, I would never do that. Oh, I can't say okay. Yeah, you see what I mean? How can she do something like that? That is so wrong. But then the other person may not, uh, probably wouldn't do what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? But it made your stuff seem a little bit better because. You would never be a hypocrite that way, but you'll be a hypocrite this way. You know what I mean? Okay. I can't hear you. I said okay. No, don't agree if you don't agree. I don't want to pressure you into agreement. I want you to be able to see what we're talking about. I don't fully see it. Oh, okay. Well, keep on living. <laughs> keep on living and keep on seeking. But I understand. I'm glad you're admitting it that you don't see it instead of faking it. But I want you to watch yourself. Notice yourself. Get, keep your eyes on yourself and you'll see what's going on. You really will. I, I like that honest answer. You don't really see it. Yes, sir. I guarantee you that she feels superior to other people because she feels more honest than them, looks at people and thinks of them as being hypocrites because they act a certain way and don't really admit to it. Yeah. Where she, she won't act like that and say, well, I won't do that, so I'm, I'm above them. Okay, you know what, that's true. Yeah. Because I try to be a very honest person. When I see somebody not being honest and I can see what they're doing, I do judge them for it. Yes. Especially, well, especially the place where I'm at, they're all supposed to be Christians. And Some of yeah, them. I do. I do. Yeah, that's the problem. And I'm very honest. And when I see somebody not being honest and they trying to go around it, and I'm like, what? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. That's and some of the worst, 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 worst judgmental folks are Christian folks. Now you see why I judge them. Well, yeah. they are all supposed to be Christians. Yeah. But then you're supposed to be. Right, that's why I'm, I'm using you as an example, though, because you believe me, you're not the only one. And you're, you're, you're supposed to be a Christian, yet you're judging the no, Christians. I'm not a Christian. Oh, so you're a sinner? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're doing the right thing, then. That's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the right track. <laughs> you're doing your job. But Christians judge each other. Look at that person drinking wine. But yeah, they drink vodka and orange juice all day. <laughs> I don't drink wine. Just judging. Look at that person getting angry. Yet yeah, they get angry. Christians judge each other worse than the sinner. Isn't that true? If you want to know what real judgment is, hang out with the Christians. Man. Yes. For Sonia, that's where that's the hypocrisy too. You said you said you're a real honest person. And in honesty, you're supposed to be you're, you're portraying yourself a certain way. That's a very good and point. This, this person who's supposed to be a Christian, is maybe it's a little more obvious that they're hip, hip, hypocritical, but in your honesty, when you get mad at them, when I get mad at somebody and I'm supposed to be this person who can see, in my honesty, and, and then I get mad at them, that's the, hip, that's the hypocritical part of it. 
I'm supposed to be, in my mind, I think I can see some things, I see people doing things that I don't think are right, and my anger is the hypocritical part of it. Me getting angry at this as person a, is the hypocritical part. As a matter of fact, now that both of you brought up this honest thing, well, I could be straight up honest with somebody else because I'm an honest person. That is not an honest person. <laughs> that is the most dishonest, worst person you ever want to meet. Because they can be honest with you about your stuff, but not honest with themselves about themselves. No. And they're angry about it. They're mad at you for being wrong. That's not honesty. Honesty is when you can be honest without judging, without feeling anything about it. Everybody, all, all angry people point out other folks' stuff and tell you about it and go off on you and call it honesty. All, all of them do that, but they, they're judging. And that, that makes sense? Yes, ma'am, you were shaking your head on that. No, because <laughs> I see the things in myself, and when people point it out to me, if I know it's right, like you told me some things, I say, yeah, that is true about me. He says something, I say, yeah, that's true about me. So how can me being honest with somebody else you can ask anybody. Anybody who told me something, I usually agree with right. them. Right. Your dishonesty is when you get angry at them for what they are. Yeah. yeah but that, that, okay. That's not honesty. Now, in a worldly sense, that's honesty. That's of the devil. But in God's eyes, that's not honesty. He just, God can care less about you pointing out other folks' problems <laughs> and you hating them for it. He, he has nothing to do with you. Because everybody sees you wrong in somebody else. Isn't that true? Yeah. Now I don't go around just saying, you do this. Well, you no, do don't let the devil say you that. The devil got you saying, no, the devil said, they think you're doing it. I'm not thinking that at all. Okay. The devil just told you, they think that you're doing that to everybody now. <laughs> and now you need to clear it up. No, don't, don't let that happen. Not at all. Wow, yes, sir. Calling yourself honest is the platform in which you raise yourself in yes. order to judge. Yeah, I'm a little more honest than the next person. That's still a, a, a judgment, a decision-making thing. Well, at least I'm not as dishonest as this person is, you know? I'm, a, I'm honest about your life, and I'm honest that I'm wrong, when it's all hell. It's all, all hell. Either one. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Right. When you do it without hating your, your fellow man, you're on track, man. And the only way you're going to do that, you got to get over yourself. And I'm, I'm telling you the truth about that. That makes sense? Because just like you can't help yourself, your fellow man can't help themselves either. Or himself. Your fellow man cannot help himself. That makes sense? No? You think that they can help themselves? No, no, that part makes sense. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Right, and, and my point is that if you truly understand that about yourself, it will cause you to understand that about your fellow man, then you wouldn't be mad at them. You wouldn't judge them. That doesn't mean you wouldn't speak up and deal with it. You just wouldn't feel anything about it because you would be able to see that they can't help you. That makes sense? Yes. Um, I asked this. You had your hand. I did. Yes, sir. I was going to say, I, you made me realize that um, when you speak the truth to somebody with anger, that spirit of anger does not allow the person you're speaking that truth to to repent. That's right. It actually shuts them down and makes them either give in to the pressure of your anger. Yes, it does. You know, they'll, they'll do a false repentance that way or, or you know, it just, it just or it makes them strong against what you're saying. Yes, sir. It, it, it doesn't give life. It gives death. <laughs> Bless you. Yes, sir. So, um, being a Christian, you made me ask that question to myself. Am I a Christian? Yes. Good. Because I have all these problems that you say. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say that I don't get angry because I do. I'm not going to say that I don't lie. It does. I do. I do. I look at it. I look at when I see someone else is doing wrong, I, I immediately start looking at myself <laughs> now until I did that. Um, do. Should I call myself a Christian if I'm not? I don't know if, I, if God is hearing me or not. You know, I'm in a, we're in an electronic age now. You know, you can, 
You can make Jesus look like anything you want. Right. He did 2,000 years. Yeah. yeah, that is so true. And it's getting to the point now, he's going to forgive me, Jesus, put up, and shut up. Because right now, in this day and time, it is very hard to try to get my daughter, where she just got married, and she's been living with this guy for so years, so how can I tell her not to do that when I did it? How do I explain that to them, that Jesus doesn't want you to do that? It's more like my walk is going to have to show them than my talk, because... Were you live with your daughter's mother before marrying her? About six months. Six months before marrying? Mm -hmm. Just say, you know what, daughter, I did this. I was wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, I suffered the consequences of it because it went against everything that's right. It went against the order. Um, uh, and what you should have tried to do and what you should have done was set a good example for that. Once you realize you were wrong, you did it the right way, you set that example, then she wouldn't do it. Right. But if she does, then you just say, hey, here's what's going to happen to you, but don't hate her for it, don't try to make her do it, and let her learn the hard way if she refuses to listen to the order. Mm -hmm. But don't judge her for it. Right. And that's all you have to do. You can't make anyone change. I see that. I see, and I try to tell my wife that. She wants, she's a judgmental Christian, and uh, well, she shouldn't be doing this and that. But you know what? When she got married last Wednesday, I was the happiest father yeah. on the planet. Yeah, right. I didn't care about all that anymore. So it's so over. She made it right. That's right. So don't look at it like that. No yes, that's right. Okay? Just let it go. I mean, she's done the right way. You wish her well again. Right. Hope that it works out for her. That's all you really can do. It, because if you get angry at her, you're going to drive her deeper into it. So why, As do, he we, said, why sorry, do we call ourselves Christian if we're not? That's a very good question. Why do we call ourselves Christian when we're not? Very, very good question. And the young man behind you want to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> You mean that? I don't have any answer for that. You don't have an answer, okay? Uh, what do you say to that? What do I say to that? No, what do you say to that? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, really don't know about that. You really don't know that, okay. What do you say to that? Uh, 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 Why do we call ourselves Christians if we're not Christians? Probably because to us, Christians is just another, uh, another crush to stand up on where it's supposed to be uh, supposed to be the core uh, foundation of our lives. It seems uh, it seems like we're always searching for some something to prop up our ego instead of so, uh, something to free ourselves from it. And Christy, our, what do you say to that? Why do we call ourselves Christians if we're not Christians? Well, for me, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I, I'm not living um, in His example. And you know, He's given us this this way to live, and I just haven't been able to do it yet. Okay. Stephanie, why do we call ourselves Christians and we're not Christians? He want to know that. Why is he called? Do, do you think you are one or you're not? I can't answer that question. That's because you I, used to th had you th did you think you were one before? Yeah, I, you know, everybody's saying I'm a Christian. I, you know, I believe in Jesus, but <laughs> we don't walk. We don't okay. do. That's a very Jesus good question. Very good question. We don't represent him the way I don't see that in Christians. Yeah. I, mean, I see the little bitty, we help the poor, feed, you know, but the person themselves being a Christian, yeah. like you say, you rub them the wrong way. They, yeah. you know, it, and in this day and age, in 2010, it's bad. It's real tough. I'm scared of Christians in 2010. <laughs> Everybody's calling themselves Christians. All my friends are sinners. <laughs> yes, sir. Reason I say I'm a Christian sometimes when somebody asks me, if you guys ask me, I'll say no. But if somebody like a stranger or something asks me if I'm a Christian, I probably say yes because I don't want him to think I don't believe in God. I think I, if I say no, that means I don't believe in God and the whole God thing. Right, the whole God thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's wrong with most people. They are afraid to say no. I don't believe in God because they don't want to be perceived as not believing in God. Yeah. And they don't want to even think to themselves. Really don't believe in God. It's kind of but, scary to think that. And that's the one thing that's holding you back. Yeah. That is the primary. Because if you can't admit that you don't believe in Him, you're never going to believe. If you can't doubt this lie that you're holding on to, you're never going to believe into the truth. You got to doubt the lie so you can believe into the truth. But if people hang on to lies, and that's what's holding them back. You got to Adam believed the lie, and we lost it. So we got to doubt the lie so that we can believe again. 
You got it's just reverse. And that's why they won't do it. Because they, I mean, like the ego said, what are you going to do with yourself if you don't believe in God? You know, what kind of person are you if you admit you don't believe in God? You better admit you don't believe in him <laughs> if you want to believe in him. Yes, sir. No, that's right. That's fine. And the reason that, uh, he just gave me the sign in 10 minutes. You, you had your hand. No, go ahead. I want to ask you a question. No, the, the question was, believe what line? That you don't believe in God. But what if you do believe in God? Then you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to admit that for something you don't believe. Hmm? Do you believe in God? Yes. I can't. Ooh, that's a soft yeah. Yes, I believe in God. <laughs> uh, and so if you believe, then you would know you believe. So you don't have to admit something that you know to be true, all right? But most people, and I'm about to answer the question, what was your question about how do we, why do we say we believe in God? Most people say that 80%, 80% of people say that they believe in God because they've been taught to believe in him, to say that. And if you don't say that, you're damned to hell. So you've been taught, you've been brainwashed, you've been had. Mm -hmm. And now in a lot of cases, people meant well, but that's all they knew. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that I asked earlier, what is that one thing that, what was that question? And I said, I'm coming to you first about it. I said, that was one thing that we needed to do. Uh, I forgot the question. No, something, one thing. I'm sorry? One thing you need to Follow God or something, or live by God's word. I can't get you with the question now, because you remember the question, right? No. And you were hoping that I would forget. Huh? <laughs> yes. I want to mention something to you, but if you're saying that you're a Christian and if you're if you're really not, I think it's because you're just like pretending to be, because you just want to like hide onto behind the notion. Are you a Christian? That uh, I don't know. You don't know. I just wrote That means no then. That's really, uh, I just. Come on, <laughs> back up on that chair. I don't want to answer it. <laughs> Let me just. Can we answer that question honestly? Because, I mean, it's important to me to know if yeah. I am or not because I really do want to see Jesus right. again, okay? I don't want to be up there faking. There you go. Okay. Let me give you the evidence of knowing that you believe in God. The first evidence of knowing that you believe in God for sure. And without a doubt, is that you have perfect love. And perfect love does not judge. It does not hate himself or herself and their fellow man. Perfect love is straight up honesty without the judgment because you want them to know. You know, you want them to find what you have. And then the second, there are three evidences. There may be more, but definitely ones that you can understand, comprehend. One is perfect love. When you have perfect love, you have no anger at all, none, zero, it's gone. And the reason you have no anger because you have no judgment inside of you. Because judgment is the nature of the devil and God and the devil cannot dwell in the same place. So once you really come into him, he gives you perfect love and the devil is gone. So you don't, you're not operating from that nature. The other thing is that you can see. And seeing is more than just seeing what you feel or think but it is seeing the reality of what's happening to you, around you in life, in a way that you've never seen before, in a way that prevents you from judging your fellow man, but yet understanding what's going on. And the other thing is you deal with life in a way that you've never dealt with it before. It's like there's things going on, on the outside of you now and not on the inside, and you're not affected by it at all. So you have perfect love, the ability to see, and the ability to overcome life rather than life overtaking you. That means relationships, work, enemies, friends, food, whatever it is, it's out here happening and no longer happening on the inside. And you start living, it's like something changed about you, really changed. I'm not talking about you go from alcohol to drugs uh, or you go from one bad woman to another bad woman or a man to, I'm talking about that you start living from within you literally start living from within and not without. 
I was thinking about on my trip this weekend, I was thinking, and I want to make these points real fast. I won't be able to really get into them now because of time. I was thinking about black Americans. And the reason I was thinking about black Americans is because I remember when we were growing up, we were always, uh, we were taught to plant seeds so that we could get something back. Whether it's how you treated your fellow man or working and all that, right? And for the last 50 years, not all, but most black Americans have not planted any seeds. And that's why they need the government so much because they literally have nothing coming back. And if you don't put out something, you're not going to get anything back. Amen. That makes sense? Yeah. It's set up that way. And so that's why you have 90-something percent of them totally relying on government for education, for housing, for employment, for whatever. Because if you look, really look, they have not planted any seeds at all. And that's a sad commentary when you think about that. There are always resources around us for us to live by, to live off of, you know, to, to get back. But they can't see that anymore. We, we saw that when I was growing up. We took care of ourselves. We planted seeds. We treated each other right. We treated our fellow man right. It doesn't matter if you're white or black. And we always received something back. But they are absolutely not getting anything back now. That's why they're in favor of all this junk, you know, socialized health care, because now there are going to be free clinics everywhere. You know, that's not going to do you any good. The government, it's like I absolutely know young men who are living at home with mama because while he were, they were growing up, mama didn't teach them how to plant any seeds. And so now they're adults. There's nothing in them that can cause them to go out and earn a living and live a life and deal with life because nothing was planted while growing up. Isn't that pretty sad when you think about that? And see, people don't understand this is a spiritual thing that we're dealing with. It's not just physical. It's spiritual. And believe me, there are people out there waiting to take over your life. There are uh, people of the devil who are waiting to live off other people. The government is waiting to live off you. The government is a lie. And as far as I know, and I'm not good in history, but I've never known when the government was our friend. I've never read in the Bible where God said, rely on the government and it shall provide, provide your every need. God said, if you rely on truth, if you work, you treat people right, I'll provide your every need. But now there's this mentality of government providing your every need. Another thing I realized on this trip too, 20 years ago, I met some people who are very intellectually smart people. They have degrees up the yang yang. <coughs> Most people don't know where the yang yang is, right? <laughs> I, I mentioned it in my next book. And, and I used to belong to some of the organization with these people. And the devil would try to tempt me. What I noticed in the world, there's this pool to really know, you know, you got to know everybody. You know, if somebody's in the limelight, the mission is you got to know that person. You got to connect with that person. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And then they put that person in, a, in like a God-like position because for some reason they think that if, I, if they get to know this person, then somehow or another it's going to benefit their lives. You ever seen that happen? Yeah. But when I was 20 years ago, there was nothing in me, and I have witnesses for this. I'm not making this up. There was nothing in me that would make me want to connect with this person so I could get something from that person. As a matter of fact, I had it so bad that as years went on, and, and, and Patrick and Ermes and Guy can tell you, they had to force me to ask people to donate to us. Isn't that true, Patrick? I didn't want to do it. There was nothing in me because I saw the hypocrisy of what was going on and what it did to the people that you put on this pedestal just because they're on TV or they this, and you think that somehow or another if I connect with them. Uh, it, it was so bad, but I couldn't do it. And this weekend, I saw some of those people that I thought would be like, you know, you would think, wow, those people would be great today. And I'm like, well, what's going on with your life? Oh, I've been catching hell in my life. I don't have a job. I have this. I'm broke. I've been sued. I've been this. They have, they're, uh, 20 years later, they're miserable in life. I mean, just don't even have the same friends that they tried to hook up with. And they're miserable. And I'm thinking, thank you, God, for 
prevented me from getting on that kind of track. Because my life got better over the years because of the God that I serve and, and he allows me to see rather than hooking up with people thinking somehow or another they're going to make me wonderful. That makes sense? People can't make you wonderful. And people will let you down. All you have to do is say one wrong thing is over. <laughs> it is, I see it happen in this meeting. I challenge you in this meeting. Most people won't come back. It's not about that. God is greater than anybody or anything or anyhow or any who or anywhere. Believe me, he created all things. And when you come into him, when you love him, he will survive. He will provide for you. You don't have to act like the world act about. I met a guy this weekend. This guy has every degree. He happened to be black. But he has every degree that you can possibly get. There are no more out there. <laughs> and when I first met him 20 years ago, he was real popular. I mean, he speaks just like a white man. <laughs> Ain't no black left. <laughs> I mean, this man is so proper. He is so white. <laughs> so I'm like, he came over to me and said, you know, how you doing, Jesse? I said, oh, man, all is well. And I said, well, how are you doing, man? How you been? I haven't seen you in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. <coughs> Life is rough. I'm like, well, what are you doing now? Because this particular guy was really, he worked for the government. He had a major role in the government. Real popular black guy. I mean, I have no job. I'm trying to make a comeback now. Uh, I can do this. I said, what can you do? I can do this and I can do that. Really had a, just, life just fell apart. I know so many people that that has happened to. I'm telling you, you can't rely on the world. The kingdom of heaven is inside of us, and we got to find that, and it's right at hand. It's right there. It's the twinkling of an eye. And when you operate from that, and it's perfect love, I got to tell you that. Perfect love is filled with life. It really, it's like you become a kid and your father takes care of you. He keeps you with perfect peace. He provides all your needs. And with your fellow man, you love them. You absolutely love your fellow man by not hating them. That doesn't mean you don't tell the truth, but don't hate. You can't hate. I, I don't even have to tell you not to hate. Because when you enter into the kingdom of heaven within, you can't help but love. I mean, there's no other choice. That's what it's all about. It's love. And it's me loving your wife, loving your husband, loving your enemy. That doesn't mean you let people treat you wrong and don't deal. You understand that, right? But you just don't hate. God doesn't want your worry to be about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. He will provide. Believe me, he will. He wants to be an expression of love through you. He's trying to create love through you. That's what, it, that's what life is all about. And then love brings everything, all your need to you. It really will. Believe me, it really will. I'm, I'm, and see, I'm not like you're smart. I'm surprised I know this. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm surprised I know this. When I said the other night that the White House, I renamed the White House the Big Mama's House. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the White House becoming a big mama house? Be honest. <laughs> they trying to tell you what to eat, and if you don't eat it, they're going to pass a law to make you eat it. Exactly. Ain't that big mama? <laughs> <laughs> but what was surprising to me, people said after that, I would never say that. I can't believe you said that. But why wouldn't you say it? If you see big mama house, why not acknowledge it? And the reason I acknowledge it, because I want people to wake up. I want them to wake up. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I promise you that. Greater is he. It's inside of us. Anything that go inside of you will destroy you. But that that comes out giveth life. It, it should be coming out of us, not going inside of us. And, and I'm a living witness to this thing. It's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Now, believe me, lots of hell come at you, but there's a little invisible wall there that hell can no longer enter inside of you. 
Isn't that amazing? Yes, Jesse, that's really amazing. <laughs> I didn't get to these notes I wanted to tell you about for my trip. I'll do it next Sunday. We are out of time. I invite you to get a copy of my Be Still and No CD. We don't charge for it. Just pay for uh, deliverance, delivering it. Delivering it. And make sure when you pray, be still and know God. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.